Welcome everyone to another episode of the NBA Unwrapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck, joined by my co-host, Mark. Mark, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be on. All right, so uh, it's been a very eventful week for the NBA. Um, we had the All-Star votes, or the All-Star results released, for the starters at least. And we had the debut of Zion Williamson, finally. Um, Mark, what did you think about Zion's debut? I'll let you go first. Yeah, no problem. Um, I actually thought it was great. It was um, everything that, you know, I thought he started off slow, which is, which is, you know, what you can expect since he hasn't played in so long, a little bit of rust. Um, but what he was able to show, especially in that fourth quarter, um, basically being able to take over a game and scoring 17 straight points, um, getting his team back in the game. Um, you know, that's kind of what you expect out of a, a, a quote-unquote generational talent like that. So I think he showed kind of what everybody expected him uh, to show in that debut. Yeah, uh, I think it was really cool, especially from a fan standpoint. They got, you know, the moment that they basically been waiting for all season. Like you said, the 17 straight points. He went four for four from three. Um, just, I mean, hitting really clutch shots, I think – if they had kept him in the game, that they probably would have won that game. Um, and there's a mi- lot of mixed reactions on that decision to pull him from the game in that moment. Uh, I'm on the side that they should have kept him in at least one more minute, at least one more minute, maybe two more minutes, until he missed a shot, until he cooled off. Because when, a, like to me, when a player is that hot, when and when you are that close to winning the game because of how hot they are, it's like uh, the game six or I'm sorry, the game five um, in Toronto when Kawhi was going absolutely ballistic and Nick Nurse called a timeout and everyone was like, why did you call a timeout at that point? That was what it reminded me of. Uh, I thought they should have kept him in an extra minute. I know that it wasn't really Alvin Gentry's uh, decision. There was, you know, higher ups um, telling him to pull him from the game. But I don't know. What do you think? You think that they I, made the right I call? Actually, yeah, no, I actually agree with you. I mean, I you never want to have that momentum killing, you know, stoppage, especially when it's coming from your own team, like you said, with the Kawhi situation and Nick Nurse um, last year. Uh, but you were, I mean, Alvin Gentry was, um, you know, he had to, the doctors were telling him to, to take, take him out earlier. And he actually had to, to beg the doctor, say, hey, give me a couple more minutes of Zion in there. And then uh, that's where they were able to make that run and, and eventually took the lead. And then, but I guess he couldn't push it too much, you know. But I agree with you. Leave him in the shot or leave him in until he cools off. Um, you know, he was telling, you know, Coach Gentry when he came out, he said, you know, Coach, leave me in. I can I can win this game for you. You know, and that's, you know, the kind of attitude you want your star player and your franchise player. Um, I do get the end of it, you know, how the doctor was saying take him out and, you know, the front office, you don't want your star players to get injured. But if he was healthy enough to play and you had a day off, it's not like you would have to the back. You had a day off between games. You know, I'm, I'm in the camp of, of let him play and let him try to win you that game. Yeah. I mean, even on the court, I think it was uh, Lonzo audibled calling a timeout because he's like, no, he has to stay in. And what do you do? He hit another shot during that, that play. But, I mean, I get it. The other side of the argument is that had he gotten injured, if they had kept him in, you know, an organization like the Pelicans that already has a bad reputation for their training staff, 
they would have gotten dragged for it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, you were already rolling the dice either way, putting him out there. I know they had a time limit, a time restriction that they wanted to keep on him, so they stuck to it. But I think just one one more minute just until he missed. Like, My biggest surprise was he only got 18 minutes. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, a guy like that, I know he's going up injury, but, you know, most guys have an injury. They're, like, between the 20-25 range. Um, to see him get under 20 minutes was probably the most shocking thing to me. Yeah, and I mean, they said they were going to to keep him uh, no more than twenty, so they could have hit twenty. And like I said, just two extra minutes. I mean, especially when it was so crucial. Because, and here's the other thing. Here's why I think it was important because they just said the Pelicans just said the other day that they don't want to be active at the trade deadline. They don't want to trade anybody. They want to try to push for the playoffs now that Zion is coming back. And if that's true. The team that they were playing against, the San Antonio Spurs, is one of the teams out of like five teams that are playing for that eighth seed right now in the Western Conference. So if we, you know, fast forward to April and the Pelicans literally miss the eighth seed by, say, one game, we're going to I'm going to look back at this game and be like, look, they could have fucking won that game. Now, I'm sure there's going to be tons of other games where that happens throughout the course of the season, because there's always games like that. But I don't know. I, to me, I think they had a prime opportunity to win Zion's first game. The crowd was going ballistic. All they had to do was keep him in two extra minutes and just let him, you know, keep the flame burning. Yeah. I I agree with you. And even like, you know, like you're saying, if it comes down to the loss, if they're one game behind, you know, depending on how the other games go with San Antonio, even if, um, even if they're tied, San Antonio will not have it. So that's one of the things I know the playoffs, you know, they're not until, you know, uh, end of April and whatnot. And Still a long way to go. Like that. I, I do think that the, the team as constructed um, it's, it's actually pretty good and be able to fight for that for that eight seed when you have Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick and you know JJ Redick's been to the playoffs every year um, since he's been in the league so you have that veteran leadership there and Drew Holiday gets healthy that obviously the resurgence of Brandon Ingram this year is playing at an all-star level. And then now you've got your number one pick coming back. They definitely have the squad to contend for that eight spot. And I can't wait until it's late. You know, in every game that you just have a reason not worry about tiebreakers potentially being slammed back. So I'm trying to get this game and trying to go all out to win it. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you now, yeah. Sorry, okay. I'll cut out for a second. No. Nah, um, so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Zion will be playing his second game tonight. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but moving on, we're going to start with the West, all right, for the All-Stars, all right? So the West All-Star starts. Cause I feel like this is the less controversial okay. the, the less controversial side. Um, so West starters, we got LeBron James. 
Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. You got any problems with the starting five for the West? No, I actually have no problems with that. I have, when I was actually doing my downloads, that's who I, I, those were the five guys that I that I picked for my starters. Um, I think there's uh, outside potentially jumped into that starting lineup. Lucas obviously having an unbelievable year, triple doubles. Um, you know, LeBron and AD have led the Lakers the number one seed in the West. Uh, Kawhi is a great player. The only thing I would like to see from Kawhi is him just play more games, you know, be more consistent as far as the playing, but I get the load management, you can't really argue with it. It worked for the Raptors last year. They won a championship, you know, so, um, but the stats are there to back it up for him. Um, so overall, I mean, those five guys in the, in the West, I think, I think they nailed it. Yeah. I think they nailed that, uh, pretty good too. That, that is exactly the people that I voted in. Um, even though James Harden has taken a huge step back in my eyes over the past month. Um, mm-hmm. but, I still don't really see who else you would start over him at this point. Um, but that being said, how do you have any predictions as to who you think the reserves will be when they get released next week? Uh, we'll just say that, you know, five reserve guys you think that will be a, named. Uh, so I think my next five would probably be uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, I think the voters and everything more recently, how he's been playing with the, he had 61 the other night, 42 last night, I believe other two games before that with 34 and 31. He's really come on out of, as of late, no, the Blazers record isn't what it would like to be, but Dame's playing at a really high level. Um, I do think um, for the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic will come, will get in. Um, mm-hmm. The second seed right now, I think in the, in the, um, the West is the Utah Jazz currently. Um, so I believe that that's going to play a part in getting um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in um, to the game as reserves. Um, and then my, my fifth reserve um, out west, um, I'm kind of hesitant um, to give. I know there's three other reserve spots, really, but just for the sake of this, uh, for the fifth one, I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Um, like you said, James has been – he's been carrying this team as far as um, taking a workload offensively when James has been struggling lately. And, and we know he's been struggling, but he's been a huge shooting slump. I think the other night he went one for 14 from three. Um, so um, the Rockets are right in the middle of the pack there in the, in the Western Conference. So I think I think Westbrook deserves a spot as well. Yeah, um, I think I would agree with a lot of those those takes. Uh, I see Nikola Jokic definitely getting in. Rudy Gobert for sure getting in. Um, I think I think you're right on the Donovan Mitchell pick two just because of how good the jazz have been um mike Connolly went down and donovan mitchell stepped right back into that that spot as basically the primary ball handler and this time around this season it's worked really well for them they were on that like 14 game win streak or whatever it was um um i think i would go i don't think i would have westbrook in because at least not you know for the next five up because westbrook really Hasn't shown much until these last 10 or so games. Um, like you said, yeah, he has been carrying the load. But like I said, it, it's only these last 10 or so games. I would give it to somebody that's been showing out all season. Um, a guy who's also my pick for most improved player, Brandon Ingram. I think I would put him up there uh, for the next five. And then, um, like you said, Damian Lillard. Yeah, Damian Lillard would be the other guy for my next five up. 
So I would I would only swap Ingram and Westbrook. That would be my only change to yours. Yeah, and I agree with you. So I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with that with what Brandon Ingram's been doing this season. Um, you know, obviously a career high in points and, and rebounds and a lot of career, uh, statistics there. Um, he's definitely kept the Pelicans in that reach for that eight seed with the, all the injuries that they've had. They've had multiple guys out between Redick and Holiday and obviously Zion. So without him, you know, the Pelicans wouldn't be currently where they're at right now. Yeah, I think there really was a general belief uh, in the Pelicans prior to the season already that they could make the playoffs with this team. But I think that was with Zion. And when he got hurt and, you know, they announced he was going to be out all these months, I really don't think they truly believed that they were still going to be floating around in the playoffs. I think they thought, you know, it's over. But Brandon Ingram, like you said, career high in points. Um, he's been showing out all season. And uh, he. I also just saw this stat the other day that he even upped the amount of three-point shots that he's been taking. He only took like two a game last year. Now he's taking six a game um, and hitting them at a decent clip. I mean, he's averaging 25.5 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists. I mean, it, all career highs for him. And I, like you said, I just think he's kept the Pelicans afloat and now – Zion is is back and getting to see what those guys get to do together, you know, side by side. They could be one of those really strong tandems out there in the West. You know, hear about Anthony Davis, LeBron, Luca, Kristaps Porzingis, Brandon Ingram, and Zion could be one of those duos. Yeah, I completely agree with that, and I think Brandon Ingram, the biggest part of his game is, you know, he's always been a uh, type of mid range pull up player. Uh, he loves yeah. getting to the free throw line, um, that middle mid range area, kind of like uh, Jason Tatum had that that issue. And um, he's taking more threes. He's he's getting to the rim more. And in the, today's game, today's NBA, you really want to take the higher percentage shots, which are you know open threes and and, and uh, shots at the rim. You know, you, you be more consistent. Um, that, I think that's one of the biggest things he's noticed. And then as far as just the Pelicans in general, they're they're playing great. You know, Ingram's playing great. But I also think it has to do with the reason they're in contention um, is because the West is just not as – it's not what it was. You know, you have that eight seed where you have a bunch of teams hanging around there, but they're under 500 as opposed to years past where that eight seed was usually four or five games, or six games even above 500. Um, so the down year for the West as far as the bottom half of it, I think is playing into it a little bit as well um, for the Pelicans being in the race still. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, it actually seems to me, overall, the better conference this year is the Eastern Conference because just, I mean, you look at literally the top six teams right now, they're flipping from second to sixth seed every single game. You know, it like just the other day, the Pacers were a game out of second seed and then they lost and the Raptors won and they moved all the way to sixth seed. So, and and then you got I think it's the Magic and I don't even know who's the eighth seed right now, um, probably the Nets actually, yeah. um, below them. And I think the the Nets are below five hundred, but the Magic are right there at that five hundred mark. So a uh, pretty you know competitive East this year, and that's a good segue into the other side of the All Star equation, the Eastern All Stars. So we got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Pascal Siakam, my boy, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, and the controversial pick Trey Young. Um, 
So let me hear. What what do you think? Is that good? Did they mess it up? You know, who would you change? So I would actually change a couple guys uh, in there. Um, so I would keep Kemba. Um, he's been showing out all season for the Celtics. The Celtics have been in the mix from early on. They were the one seed for a little while until Milwaukee really got going, and then they've been between two and four. You know, like every other team between two and six in the East, they've been flip-flopping. You know, but Kemba's been a real integral part to that team, um, and you can see when Kemba's not on the floor how they can struggle to score and whatnot, you know, in Boston. So I, I agree with Kemba there. Um, Joel Embiid, even though he's been hurt lately, I mean, the guy is just – he's the best player on, on Philly. He's the best center, I believe, in the league. Um, I agree with that pick. Giannis, I mean, is Giannis. He's averaging 30 a game this year, just about him. Um, but the two guys that I don't agree with, I don't agree with Trey. I do think Trey obviously should be an all-star, just not a starter. And then um, Pascal. Um, and Pascal's really close. Um, it was uh, between him and, for me, Jimmy Butler. So I would throw Jimmy Butler in there. The stats are virtually identical. I think Patrick, uh, I think Pascal's 23 points a game. Jimmy's um, 21.5 maybe. Um, Jimmy's got seven rebounds and six assists. Pascal seven rebounds, three assists. So the numbers are right there. Um, I give the edge to Jimmy uh, because of what he's done in Miami. He's completely changed that culture. That team wasn't expected to do anything. They're currently the two seed right now um, uh, for their home record. Um, so I just think that gives him the slight edge over Pascal. Pascal missed a few games as well. Um, and then Trey Young, I would give the edge to actually Bradley Beal over Trey Young. Uh, again, mm. that's wise. That's wise. Uh, Trey's 29 a game. Bradley's 27. Um, Trey's a little bit more in assists. Virtually, uh, Bradley's a little bit more in rebounds. But what came down to me is the Hawks are just, and you can probably agree with me, they're just so bad. And the Wizards aren't that great either, but the Wizards are just a little bit better. They've been competitive in games. They're a very high-scoring team, yet they don't play any defense. But they're a very high-scoring team. They've been in a lot of games. Um, so that's why I give the edge to um, Bradley Beal on that. For me, when it comes to all-star running, I know it's not a lot. It's a lot of people are just stats. But for me, it has to do with teams' success as well. You can't just be 30 a game and then just, you know, just be – you know, I get you have a, a teammate that, you know, help out with that. Uh, but I think, you know, team success should go a little bit into it as well. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. It, it, a lot of it, this comes down to, you know, where do you stand on that that argument of how much does team success matter? Um, for me, like, I, I don't think I weigh it as heavy as maybe some other people do. Um, but then again, I see the I get the argument because there are a bunch of examples throughout history of guys that were on terrible teams that put up lots of stats. I mean, you could even look back as far as last season with the Lakers, how terrible they were. Um, people, you know, really convinced themselves that Kyle Kuzma could be a star just like Jason Tatum or Pascal Siakam because of the stats he was putting up there as a starter. And then, you know, come to find out when he's kind of put on a good team, he's really just a role player. Um so, but I don't feel that way about Trey Young. I think Trey Young, if you look at him, you can tell this kid is special. Um, he's, you know, he's he's going absolutely insane out there, but it is empty stats. I mean, he's putting up, he just put up 42 points the other night and lost. I mean, and that happens to him consistently. Now, it's not his fault. I mean, it's not his fault he's on a bad team. It's not his fault John Collins missed 25 games. Um, but that being said, I I agree with you. I would put... Um, I would actually put either Bradley Beal or Kyle Lowry um, above Trey Young. 
um, as a reserve. I don't think Trey Young should be a starter. Um, like I, it, when we get to, the, when you look at the reserves, I actually would probably put Kyle Lowry above Trey Young. Um, because like you said, Kyle Lowry filled a void, um, when Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, and Norman Powell all got injured on the same night. You know, you looked at that, that Dallas game where they had the amazing comeback, um, that was old Kyle Lowry, and he was averaging over 20 points per game during that span. Fred Van Vliet also ended up getting hurt during that span. Um, and he kept, you know, the Raptors where they are now, which is a third seed in the East, um, with, you know, four major guys hurt. So I think Lowry, plus just the little things that he does that doesn't get into the stat sheet, you know, just running an offense, um, the little, he, you know, he's he's that guy that makes the pass that leads to the pass that leads to a score. You know, he just sees a, pl- a play develop before it's even developed. Um, obviously I'm a little biased in that aspect, but I, I just, I don't know. Trey young, he's going crazy, but I just think there's a, a couple guards out there. And like you said, Bradley Beal too. the Washington wizards. A lot of people don't realize this. They were number one in offensive net rating for a really long time. I think they just, recently got passed up by the Bucks. Um but they're one of the best offenses in the NBA. The only problem is they have no defense and that's why it leads to a lot of the losses. Like you said, they they're competitive. They stay in a lot of games. Um they just went to overtime with the Heat the other night, but uh you know offense can only carry you so far. Um I okay, I don't like a lot of these picks, honestly. Um so so Giannis, that's obvious. Giannis, you keep. I agree with you. Keep Kemba. Kemba's having an amazing season. Also, the Celtics are completely surpassing expectations. Um, as much as I'm, I'm a Pascal Siakam guy, and you know I love him because Jimmy is listed as a forward. I would put Jimmy Butler in that spot just because Jimmy's played five more games than Pascal Siakam has. Um, you know. And like you said, he's kept the Heat, another team that surpassed expectations, um, as a second seed right now in the East. And, you know, he changed the entire culture of that team, and their stats are nearly identical. And, you know, Jimmy played more games, so that gives him actually more room for his his stats to go down compared to Siakam. So I would have put Jimmy as a starting forward. Um I don't like Joel Embiid as a, as the starting center. I would have put Bama at a bio. He's played every single game this year, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's really his offense has improved tremendously, or tremendously, and he's another reason that the Heat are where they're at. And then the other guy, like I said, Trey Young. I would have taken I don't know either Bradley Beal or Kyle Lowry for me. Um, probably Bradley Beal. Just because he's so he's so efficient on offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it seems like we're on the same page with a lot of things. Um, for the guys that are right behind them, you know, it's, it's just say uh, Trey Young and Pascal Siakam. I mean, they're obviously deserving. Uh, you know, some kind of nitpicking here or there that we're doing between you know the Beals and, and the Butlers and whatnot. Um, but they're all definitely well deserving. Um, as far as um, the reserves, like if we're going like next five. Um, I agree with you. With, I, mean, I think Lowry needs to get in there with what he did when those guys were hurt. 
Um, and like you mentioned, that, that comeback against Dallas, that was all him and, and what he does for that team. And uh, um, I also agree with Adam Mayo. Um, I don't understand the reason. I do have to put in, uh, if you're going to agree with me, I, know. Um, I think he's playing an amazing fan. He's one of the best, you know, the best big men on the Pacers right now. I think he's playing a little bit better than Miles Turner. Then uh, the um, next two guys, I would go, uh, I would go Jason Tatum on there. Uh, and um, he's averaging 21 a game this year. Uh, most recently, he's been, um, you know, carrying the Celtics. Or when Kemba's, Kemba's been having some off games, he's been carrying the offensive load. You see what he can do. Uh, he had 30-something and three quarters the other night. Uh, before he got hurt, he had 22 in the first half um, his last game. Um, so I think he's deserving. Um, I think him and Jalen Brown for the Southerners, I think the Southerners will get two All-Stars um, just because of how they've exceeded expectations, how well they've been playing. Um, and I think he gets a slight edge over Jalen Brown uh, because he's shooting a, better, a little bit better of a percentage uh, there. And so I think I just give him that, that edge there because the numbers are virtually identical. Jalen Brown is just under uh, 20 a game. Um, they both average seven rebounds a game, so the numbers are there. But the fact that Tatum carries more of a little offensively um, and has been really good defensively as well, I give him a slight edge there. Um, and then the other guy that I think I, that is probably going to make it is um, is, is Ben Simmons. Um, we know all about Ben Simmons, and, and he's been uh, you know carrying the load um, this uh, recently with Embiid being hurt. Um, his, his numbers have gone up. He's you know he's got the triple doubles. Um, we obviously know he has a little bit you know trouble shooting the ball, um, but he finds ways to get to the basket. He finds ways to stay relevant in games. Um, and really pick up the slack when Embiid's out and to get Philly, you know, to stay within that, you know, two to six race there with only being a couple games back of each team. So um, those would be my next five as far as reserves. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you kind of just rounded out basically, you know, who will probably be left. How, how many spots do they fill up exactly? Is it 12? 12, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got five starters and seven reserves. Yeah, so, I mean – Based off the guys that they already named, you know, obviously, like you said, there would be, we put Jimmy in there, put Bam in there, Lowry would be in there, Beal would be in there, so that's already four right there, but um, then I would go Sabonis, like you said, I think Sabonis uh, would definitely be an all-star, definitely should be an all-star. Um, a Pacers, the Pacers are another team that are completely surpassed expectations. Before the season, I had them not even making the playoffs. Um, I was completely wrong about that one. You know, I'll own up to it. Um, and he's the big reason why, though. I mean, he is the heartbeat of that team right now. He's a beast on the glass. Um, he can score. He he's he's a good uh protector at the rim. Maybe not as good as Miles, but I mean, he you know he's a big a big body. Um, for me, for the Celtics, I think only one of those guys is getting in, and. I think it's Jalen Brown because I just think, well, first off, he's a better defender, and I, I weigh defense pretty heavy in, in my own head. I, I think defense should matter a lot more than it really does. Um, he's a better defender than Tatum. Not that Tatum's bad, but Jalen Brown, you know, he, he's a, he can clamp, and he's also more efficient. Um, J- Jason Tatum's had a lot of games where it's just like, dude, you know, what happened to the game you just had last game like how does your shooting go from that to this you know in a one game span um Jalen Brown's been pretty consistent 
like you said, they're both averaging hovering around 20 to 21 points per game right now. Um, and then I guess if I, I if I had to name that last spot, I would probably go I would go Ben Simmons over Jason Tatum too. Uh, just because he you know, the assists, the rebounds, and being able to score, especially within the past month since Joel um, you know, broke his finger and, and has been out. Uh, ben Simmons has really carried the offensive load of that team, and he's been really, really good. And he he's also he's probably the best defender out of the guards in in the Eastern Conference, uh, if not one of the best defensive point guards in the league. I mean, he is he can play one through four, lock all those positions down. Um, he causes so much mayhem on the court that just leads to steals and turnovers. Um, I mean, he's a force on defense. Like, and even going back to last year when we when the Raptors played them in the playoffs, I mean, Ben Simmons was on Kawhi, and I think he did a pretty decent job, all things considered. Uh, ben Simmons, yeah, I, I would put him. I think he'll definitely make it. Um, and so that basically, you know, would leave somebody out, and I think it's going to be Tatum, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know. You know, they do weigh in that fan vote. And I know Tatum definitely had more fan votes than Jalen Brown. So maybe it will be Tatum over Jalen Brown. But I don't think both Celtics are going to make it. Because that would be that would be three yeah, Celtics I players could, in the All-Star I, game. I, I really do. Yeah, I don't think three Celtics get in. I agree with you, too. And that's what I was saying. I think one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum get in. Um, for me, it was Jason Tatum. Uh, but I completely agree with you. No, um, you know, on the Ben Simmons side, too, it's, you know, it's not a coincidence that he plays a Better when Joel Embiid's not in there, right? Like, you know, he's doing so so good in the score. The spacing is a lot better. He's able to get to the basket. You don't have Joel Embiid down there clogging the paint. You know, we get the spots and he gets so by not having Embiid in there, like I actually think he plays he plays a lot better with Embiid out, you know, and that's you know, I think the stats show that. Yeah, I mean uh that's a whole a whole nother, you know, <laughs> uh bag of eggs that I mean, we could touch on it real quick. You want to touch on it? Maybe the possibility. All right. So let's talk. Uh, yeah, basically, I I have been saying, and I've been saying this actually since last year. Um, I don't know if I'm that ahead of the curve. You know, some other people have said it, but I've been saying for since last year that they need to choose between either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons because both those guys together is not going to work. It is not going to lead to a championship. Um, what, has hap- what has happened this year has only proven that more, I believe, um, obviously with just looking at how well Ben Simmons is doing with Joel out. And I always said that I think Joel is the guy that you trade um, because of health concerns. He's always injured. Um, he hasn't had he hasn't completed a full season yet in the league. Um, his first year he missed due to an injury. And on top of that, you know, like we said, it when they're together, the floor spacing is just so bad. So you basically have to pick do you want do you want this center that when he plays, yes, he is the best center in the league, he's completely dominant, or do you want the six foot five 
point guard that or he's a power forward that plays as a point guard can lock down every position can pass steal and score um and rebound you want that guy or do you want the center and for me i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick ben simmons i mean i just think his ceiling is way higher um the health concerns aren't there besides you know besides his rookie season he has not had an injury um He's there every night. He's not. He's not sitting out on plays like Joel Embiid does. I mean, we all know you. You can see the clips of him walking down the court, just a a little jog, being lazy. Um, I don't know. I'm going Ben Simmons. What do you think? So um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna agree with you, man. I'd like to go the other route for argument's sake. I'd like to go to the other route. So I kind of debated a little bit, but I completely agree with you. Um, I think the effort that Ben Simmons shows every night um, is obviously night and day compared to what Joel shows. Joel will have a game, a dominant performance. He'll have 30 and 15, you know, and then the next night, you know, he had a game this year where he scored zero points. You know, a guy that dominant, that should never happen to. You can luck your way into two points. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even have to give that much effort. So for him not to get anything, um, that really shows, like, the caliber of, of you know, what he, um, his effort and, and everything like that. I think the recipe for success for Philly is to have your, you know, six five six six point guard, um, your Magic Johnson type player that can do it all, and you have him surrounded by shooters. Uh, you have, you know, you get some bigs, but you get some stretch bigs that can stretch out to the three-point line. That way you space the floor, and it gives Ben room to operate because that's when he's at his best. When he can get into the lane, he can shoot in the paint with both hands. He shoots just as good lefty as he does righty in, in the paint. Um, because the little hook shot, his, his repertoire of shots down there is just second to none. Um, and then and when he drives and kicks, and you got guys like when they used to have like Redick and, you know, these knockdown shooters is what I believe when they were at their best. So I think that's who you build around. Don't get me wrong, Embiid's a great player. He's the best big man in the league. Um, but unless he changes his effort and unless he can stretch his game out, I know he shoots a lot of threes, but I know he doesn't shoot a high percentage. If he can be a better stretch big i think that helps you know his career because the the year of the back to the back you know big man it's just that's not what the nba is these days and so i think if you go away from that and build around ben that's going to help you in the long run yeah i mean i agree completely uh the little the guy who's getting missed as as the guy who's also benefited from joel being out is a stretch big like you said al horford um you know, he has become a big part of the reason that they have been successful with Joel out. His three-point shooting is now going up back to his uh, career average numbers. And, um, you know, I mean, really everyone in Joel's absence has just looked better. The team has looked a lot better. Tobias Harris has looked better. Um, Josh Richardson has looked better. Fucking Moss has looked better. I mean, it just, when you allow Ben to be the only guy that's driving and get into the paint, and then he can just chuck it out to four other guys that can all shoot threes. I mean, it just works. And, you know, I mean, I love Joel, but I think, you know, even Sixers fans, I follow a few Sixers fans, they are even beginning to realize that, you know, these guys aren't going to work together. One's got to go. Um I think Joel is the one that's got to go, and I think it would be better for him anyway. I mean, if he could go to a place, um, you know, just off the top of my head, maybe a place he could go like Atlanta, I think, you know, he would benefit from that just better for his career. I mean, maybe he won't 
get close to the championship like he is now, you know, if he did go to a place like that. But, I mean, you never know. Yeah, and I do think that's, I mean, that's a good landing spot for him. But, you know, I think it'd be a little bit different, too, if Ben, like, I don't think we'd be having this conversation if, if Ben would just shoot the ball, right? Like, even if it doesn't go in, we all know he's not really that good of a shooter, but he doesn't seem to attempt these shots. Yeah, he's, he's going to get a lot of open looks, especially when Embiid's on the ball. And if he attempts to become a better shooter, I think that's better for that team to succeed with. But the fact that he can't really shoot the three ball or even really the mid-range that well, it affects how they can play. The ball doesn't really move as much when Embiid's in. You get the ball to him on the block, a couple of power dribbles and a drop step, and he's, he's out, but the ball doesn't really move. You know, so I think that's the, one of the bigger reasons, too, on why um, everybody else around him is doing good. You know, not just Ben, like you said, Al Horford is now doing better, Tobias Harris, um, all these guys, Korkmaz, um, all these guys are, are doing better without Joel, and that's got to do with the ball not just staying in one spot with Embiid and it's actually being moved around the perimeter and they're getting open looks. So uh, I think, you know, like we both said, I think Ben's the guy. It'll be pretty interesting to see what Philly can do or what Philly does, especially if, this season doesn't go the way they're playing. Obviously, they're expected to make a championship run, but if they get bounced in the first or second round, you know, I really think they're going to have to do something in the offseason. Yeah, um, I yeah, uh, like you said, I I do I do wish that Ben. I mean, even Giannis when he came into the league was not a good three point shooter at all, and even for the first couple seasons, he wasn't good at all. But you know what? The, they left him open out there and dared him to shoot it. So now he does it, and guess what? He fucking at least makes you know one a game. Um, ben Simmons could get to that point if if they dare him to shoot it. He even just attempted to shoot it. I mean, we've all. I mean, he's made them in game before. It's not like he's never made one, and we've all seen the shoot arounds. I mean, I there's no doubt in my mind that he could do it if he would just try, but he doesn't even try. And you're right, it does cause a lot of problems for them. And I think this season. They're gonna stay packed. They're gonna they're gonna keep they're gonna keep Joel. They're gonna keep Ben Simmons. They're gonna run run the table in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to the finals. And like you said, that's gonna to lead to a lot of big question marks for the off season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think they're going to the finals. I don't think they make a trade. I think they stay packed at the trade deadline. They're basically fighting like Milwaukee. Milwaukee in the East is. You know, obviously, head and shoulders are the class of the Eastern Conference. But after them, there's five or six teams that could be in the Eastern Conference Finals with them. So yep. if, if Philadelphia isn't that team, um, I think it's time to make a move. Because you can, only, you can only wait so long before you decide to make – you can't just, you know, come do season after the season and just be mediocre. If, I mean, if you're just content with making the playoffs, then great. Keep this core together. But – if you want to make that run championship, um, you need to make some changes for sure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You can't just keep paying guys year after year uh, millions and millions of dollars and getting no rings out of it. Um, but, I mean, so that's everything for today. That's all the topics that we're going to discuss. Um, let us know what you guys think about all these starters that have been named for the all-star game. You know, do you agree with, with Trey Young? Do you uh, agree with the West side? Uh, let us know at NBA unwrapped. 